has done its part Now let it rain in my life and my heart Your love has done its part Now let it rain in my life and in my heart Well, good morning. Welcome to Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We're Healing Hidden Wounds Radio. I'm here today again with... Uh, our trio with Corey Doyle, our intern. Hi, hey. Corey. Hi. And my beautiful wife, Shay. Hi, Shay. Good morning. And we're excited to be here. We are interested today in talking about a fairly difficult topic called forgiveness, uh, trying to know when you really have forgiven and when you just think you've forgiven or when you've started forgiveness. It's just kind of an interesting place to begin trying to navigate. We do want to say, or I do want to say real quick, that we have a few things that you might be interested in. We have a, a podcast ministry called Healing Hidden Wounds Ministry. It's at HealingHiddenWounds.com, and we have many different podcasts on there that you are welcome to go and listen to or pick one that seems to meet something you might be going through. It is our goal here at Shadow of His Wings Ministry to offer healing and hope. And that is what each of our ministry opportunities, each of the things we try to do in ministry, that's our primary goal. We believe that God is our ultimate healer. And if there are places in your life that you haven't been able to overcome, or there are broken places that you still feel hurt in, we believe that Jesus came to set the captive free. So if you haven't found freedom in certain areas of your life, it may just mean that there are some truths that you aren't fully aware of yet, and he did come to set that part of you free. So try out the website at healinghiddenwounds.com. You can also go on our main web- website at shadowofhiswingsministry.com. And there are other retreats and healing events we have going on there. We'd love for you to check that out. So let's jump into forgiveness. What do you all think of forgiveness? Well, I think that it's not really, you know, you started off saying a lot of a lot of people don't really like to talk about. It's a subject we don't like to talk about, but I think it's not really forgiveness that we don't like to talk about. It's when it's looking at unforgiveness in our hearts. That's a good point. And so, uh, I mean, everybody likes to be forgiven. I mean, we love to receive forgiveness. It's the giving and the being unable to forgive that's the difficult thing. And that's absolutely true. I, I wonder what makes it so hard to forgive. Well, I think we should look at that. I was just going to read, read kind of uh, the verse that we were looking at. Uh, when we first started talking about it, it's in Matthew 18, 21 through 22. It says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. That's a lot of times. That's a lot of times. It sure is. Well, and I think so. I mean, seven times is a lot of times. It is. I think what's so interesting is something we talked about, you and I, a long time ago about sometimes unforgiveness and trying to forgive someone that keeps hurting you over and over can 
that, that when he talks about 77 times, it actually means sometimes it's all about that one person. There's sometimes one person in your life that you're having to re-forgive over and over and over. Exactly. So I've kind of begun to see forgiveness as a fluid thing and not just a one-time event. And it's not just a one-time event for per person. It could be that same person, the same way they keep hurting you over and over and over again, and you keep having to forgive for the same the same action or the same attitude or whatever it is, the same hurt. Right. So when you're having to re-forgive someone for the same event over and over, how do you know that you've forgiven them? What do you think forgiveness feels like? That's a hard question. That's a very hard question. Well, I think it's interesting to try and navigate through that because I think that's was as I was kind of putting this podcast together, that was what kept coming to my heart is how do you know that you've actually forgiven someone so it doesn't creep up later? So well, that Well, I think that I think kind of the misconception is that forgiveness is a final thing, a done deal. It's all gone. It's it's once you've forgiven, it's that whole thing. I've forgiven, but I've not f- forgotten. You know, people tend to think that, well, I, you know, forgiveness is a one-time thing. But I don't think that. I think that you may truly have forgiven in the moment. You may feel a peace. You may feel love. You may be able to just feel clean and pure you know, for for just having been able to to have forgotten and feel good about it. But then the the craziness of it is is that sometimes um, something may happen that brings it all up again. and and just like it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So Satan comes in and says, "Don't you remember when da da da, you know, when this happened or that happened?" And so there you are again, looking at the face of, wow, have I forgiven or, or am I struggling with becoming bitter? I think that's, that's a great way to put it. I think trying to determine the difference between unforgiveness and bitterness are two different things. Do you think that, or, or I guess I should say, I think that bitterness comes out of unforgiveness. Sure. And so that's the thing I, I think is important about trying to keep that from happening is the unforgiveness that just sits there and ultimately leads to bitterness. So let me ask another question. When people have said, as an act of my will, I choose to forgive this person. I want to tell a little side story. Doing counseling, I hear that a lot. I hear people say, you know, as in responsive, if I've asked them, do you, did you forgive your dad or did you forgive your mom or have you forgiven your, the person who abused you? And they say, well, I had a, a moment when I went to church and, and they were having a forgiveness service and they said, you know, well, as an act of my will, I choose to forgive this person. And I think that is an okay place to start, but I don't know that that puts a, a, a period. I think that just kind of puts a comma I think that's when God begins to say, okay, now is when the work begins to let go of your whatever it is, bitterness, hatred, unforgiveness for this person. 
So I think it's very difficult to just say, as an act of my will, I choose to do this because choosing in your brain doesn't always mean choosing in your heart. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. I mean, to me, when you when I hear that as an act of my will, what I hear is kind of what we refer to as the want to want to. You know, I haven't really done it. I know I should do it. So I want to want to. Absolutely. But I'm having a hard time with it. And I think that's a great A great thing to at least hear for listeners right now is that if you've done that phrase or if you've kind of made that, I'd like to be able to forgive, please try and remember not to stay there. It is important to do the next step, which is now go to the places of what you feel, not just say, "I, as an act of my will, I I want to choose to do this. Because forgiveness is just interesting in that it's, in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, but it feels very elusive. seems like just when I've forgiven, you hurt me all over again. No, I'm just playing, not you, but other people <laughs> have hurt me all over again. And so then it's like, it's this crazy place where the minute you feel like you finally grasp forgiveness, then something happens where you feel unforgiven again. And I just laugh because you say, ah, I'm just kidding. And it's like, you're not kidding because you know what? I do hurt you again. And I think that's what we're both probably thinking as well, is marriage is difficult in that because I think in some, many cases, marriage can be one of the more difficult places where you keep getting hurt over and over. True. For me, I have the tendency to confuse forgiveness for a lack of boundaries. Like if I forgive you, then that means you're going to basically do whatever you want to me and I can't really. It's like there's a, a blurry line there if that makes any sense. Yes, and so that's an interesting place because I have down here talking about what it means when when the world says, oh, you know, I have to put a boundary there. So let's talk about forgiveness and blurry boundaries. An example might be that like we have this retreat for wives that's called Journey to Joy and it's helping wives overcome their hurts because their husbands have had some sort of sexual brokenness in their marriage or compulsive sexual behavior or have had an affair. And so many wives have used this, this phrase, I will forgive, but I will never forget. And so sometimes people, and I guess that's what I'm trying to kind of walk through because I think that's a great, a great comment about blurry boundaries, but trying to figure out where does God say boundaries are supposed to be And where does God say boundaries are not supposed to be? Because in this world we live in today, a lot of people throw around boundaries like, well, I'm putting up a boundary and you don't get to do this to me anymore. Or I'm putting up a boundary so you don't get to treat me that way anymore. And so it's trying to figure out, okay, what is is God's view of a blurry boundary or what is our view of a blurry boundary? Does that make sense? Yeah. So what do you think? Are you you wanting an example of... Well, I think it's interesting, and maybe we should just have this conversation and mm-hmm. see how it comes out. But, but boundaries, you know, when someone like if someone hurts you, and they and they keep hurting you, is it our job to make them stop? Well, I guess something that I'm thinking of is I tend to 
be a people pleaser. Uh-huh. And so that kind of invites boundary violations in a way. And then when I do say, okay, this is too far and you've hurt me. And so it's like, I can forgive, I think, but then how do I deal with the boundaries? So it's kind of a, maybe a separate issue, but. No, I think it's right on target. So, so like if they, if you forgive them and yet they keep hurting you in that area or they keep taking advantage of something, you feel like, what do you want to do with that? I, I want to maybe shut down and just say, I'm done with I'm you. I'm done with you. Yeah. Okay. So you just want to push them out of your life. Yeah. It's easier to do that than to work through it and feel that uncomfortable kind of look, you can't do this or you can't, you went too far and I, you know, kind of. Well, because it kind of breaks trust also. It breaks your trust in them that they're not going to hurt you again. Right. And I guess that's where I was going is how do you, how do you keep a lot or how do you allow God to be your defense in places where you choose to stay in a relationship with someone? Because we talk a lot about it in our ministry is, you know, it is easier just to cut people out. Well, I'm just going to cut you out of my life. It's harder to go and say, look, you hurt my feelings when you did this. Now I need you to do something different so I don't get hurt anymore, especially if they don't listen to that and keep hurting you. It's, it's kind of how do I walk through that and keep forgiving 70 times 7 but then be able to figure out what I think God would have me do to set up some sort of a place where I'm not going to at least allow you to keep stepping in on, on who I believe I am in Christ or my identity. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of trying to figure out, okay, it's coming back to this verse. I want to read a different version of, of a similar situation that happened. And this is in Luke 17 and it's three and four says, so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. So that kind of says with the boundary is it's okay to go to them and say, look, you hurt me. And yet if they come back to you and say, okay, I'm sorry again. I didn't mean to hurt you again. They've repented. It's back to trying to forgive them again. So I think sometimes it's, it's trying to understand this process of, of our world says, well, if you hurt me enough, I will cut you out. Versus if you hurt me and we talk about it and Maybe they don't see they've hurt you. Maybe they don't see they've hurt you. Maybe they only think that you've hurt them. And I would like to add, I think if you don't do the rebuking part, then it's much harder to forgive. If you haven't stood up for yourself, then it's hard to, it makes it harder to forgive. Right. Because you, they, you haven't you know, asserted your feelings or how you feel to them to let them know what what they did to hurt you because if you're just 
keeping it to yourself that, okay, I'm going to forgive this person, but I'm not even going to tell them that there's an issue, then it's going to be harder. And I think that's a beautiful way to put the process of what God doesn't want is us to just hold it to ourselves and then get upset, let bitterness grow, and then just don't be around that person anymore. I love the way he says, rebuke them. I think it is okay to go to them and say, you hurt me. What you did hurt me. And if they repent, to forgive them, even if they keep doing it over and over. And then repentance, I think, is interesting because it may take some time because I've found in forgiveness, just because you may think they've hurt you, what do you do if they don't think they've hurt you? What if they actually believe that you hurt them by bringing it to them? See, that's the crazy place that I think forgiveness takes a bit of navigation because it's like, if someone doesn't believe they forget have hurt you, it's hard for them to come to a place of forgiveness. And how do you wait until you allow them to see that? And how do you not let un- more unforgiveness pile on after they even refuse to look at your hurt or whatever? And all I can offer is what I believe God has shown me, and I'm not great at doing it all the time, but he's, He offered to me one day to use the words of Christ, which is, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I mean, that's sometimes the only place you can get to in forgiveness is just, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They don't know it yet. And how do I keep myself from needing to be my defender rather than allowing God to be my defender? Because I absolutely don't believe, and this is just my opinion, um, I'm not sure that I'm, please, I want the listeners to understand, I don't think any of us are saying we've arrived, that we know how to do this. This is just a journey of trying to figure it out. But I don't believe that I see where God says that you can cut that person out of your life if they continue to repent and try to change or at least try and keep coming back to have a relationship, even if they don't see what they've done. I just don't see God doing that. Do you all? No, I I absolutely don't because I think that <clears throat> all of this, the the talking about forgiveness and that we are supposed to keep forgiving, you know, and you've probably heard this before, you know, that it's not for the other person, it's for you. And it is truly to keep our own hearts in a place of being soft and being pliable, you know, not to other people, but to God. Amen. And to be able to, to learn the love of Christ and, and to provide grace to others and love to others. Amen. And I think that's, that's the crazy place. And I call it crazy because it's, it's kind of a eye opener when you come to the place where your heart realizes forgiveness really isn't for that other person. It's for you. Because you have to forgive that person. They may never even believe they've done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's your heart and forgiving them, forgiving them that keeps your heart open to God and open to relationship. Otherwise, 
bitterness sets in and resentment sets in and then you just start to shut down and then you find those people who say well it's just better for me not to know people because then i just get hurt so i'll just stay by myself right and that's a place of bitterness and resentment that keeps a person locked up exactly and it is difficult because i can say my one of my greatest desires is for people to come to me and say i'm sorry i hurt you it feels good to have somebody say, I'm sorry I hurt you. But when you don't get that, you can't beg for it. You can't demand it because it doesn't mean anything, even if they were to give it to you. Right. I was just sitting here and I was remembering <clears throat> a thing uh, when I first started my healing journey that that um, someone would say to me and they'd say that old saying that says, better to have loved and lost than to never have loved before. And that made me so angry. I was always so angry when she would mention that to me because to me, to lose love or what I had known at that point in my life was people that had hurt me. And so it was, you know, all the people, the loves that I had lost in my life were were out of hurt and were out of rejection, them rejecting me or them not liking you know, something I, that who I was personally and, um, or also because they had hurt me and I withdrew myself from them. So that was also like losing love. But you know what I've come to learn in my journey is that it is better to have loved and lost than never to have loved because to truly be at a place of love where you can love somebody in spite of whether they hurt you, you know, and to keep coming back to them, even when they've hurt you and say, you know what, I really want to talk about this. And that's kind of the way I approach it now. And, and I've had people just walk out of the relationship with me just because, you know, we've disagreed on something and not been willing to talk about it. And to me, that's a loss, but I know that in my heart, I kept reaching out and kept, you know, kept trying to keep that communication going. And so I just think it's a sweet place to say, you know, I really believe that I loved well, you know, because not that I'm such a great person at learn at, at loving, right? but it's because I kept going back in spite of whether I was hurt or whether I was angry. I wasn't re ready to cut people out of my life, even through my hurt. Absolutely. And something comes to my mind, I, keep, I guess I keep thinking about, you know, what do you do when someone does keep hurting you? I think there's a difference between being able to forgive and keep loving and saying no. I just think there's a difference there. You know, a friend, it reminds me of a phrase that a friend of mine used one time with his wife because they were trying, she was asking him to be more for her than he knew how to be. And he said something like, you know, you're asking me for a dollar and all I got is 85 cents, you know? And it's sometimes being able to say, I can't give you what you're looking for. I don't know how or I'm not there yet. But so, no, I can't let you keep doing this, but it doesn't mean I don't love you. And it doesn't mean I can't stay in relationship with you as long as you can understand that I can't do that. 
I can no longer be that. I can be something else. I can be, you know, what I feel like God's calling me to, and I can certainly try it, you know, especially in marriage, you know, it's like, it's like, if I can't be this for you right now, I can try, but it doesn't mean that I can keep being beaten over the head or whatever if I can't get there. It's like, can you just accept me where I'm at? And and that sometimes, I think personally, maybe slightly different than setting up a boundary is just being able to say, no, I don't think I can do that. I want to try to get there if I believe it's godly, but if it's not godly, then it's like, I can't. I can't be this or no, you can no longer step in on this place because I don't know how to handle that right now. But can we walk together and maybe see what that looks like down the road? Does that feel better than a boundary or what do you think? Yeah, and I think the type of boundaries and it kind of depends on the context of the relationship because if you're in a marriage, that's different than an acquaintance or a friend. Absolutely. How do you think that's different? Let's go there. If you have a friendship that the person hurts you, you know, it's you can set a boundary and maybe you'll drift apart and it's you can still for, have forgiveness and have love for that person. But if you're in a marriage, it's a little different. Absolutely. Because it ha- you I mean, you have the covenant there. I think there's a difference when you have a covenant that God has brought you two together. He's joined you as one flesh. Friendship is not one flesh, but marriage is. And so that covenant is different than, you know, I think that's the, sometimes what I've heard people say is, you know, sometimes I'm standing on the covenant when I can't see anything good right now in a marriage. And I think that's, that's where it's different. I think friendship is... It's just a slightly different bond than marriage. I think marriage is a one flesh bond and there's a connection there that you have to work through these things, whether you really feel like it or not, because of the covenant, because of the covenant. And it really does help grow both of you in the process. And I, I agree with you. I think that's where it's, where it's different. And so what about family? If it's your parents or your siblings, that's a little different too. It's not marriage, but it's not like a friendship because you're, still family well i personally i believe that it i kind of see family and friendship all the same and that's the way i look at that is is you don't give up on people i mean even friendships i try not to give up on people i've lost friends but i try not to give up i it's like you said shay i think i try to keep remembering hey i'm here whenever you're ready to come back i know i've lost some friends in my lifetime and I've always tried to end whatever they did. Like if it's usually, I, I'm if it's me, I'm usually trying to tell them, "Hey, I'm willing to keep talking. We can work this out." But when people have just walked away from me, I generally try to leave at least when they are walking away, saying, "I'm still here." I can think of three different times and three different people, and I've always said as they're walking away, "Hey, I'm still here." I'm willing to work this out. I see that I've hurt you or I see that we're upset about this, but I want to keep trying. So when you're ready, just know I'm still here. And I don't think I would turn anyone away. And well, go ahead. Well, but I mean, I mean, I hear what you're saying and that's, and that's you because you are that, you know, Hey, if I'm a friend, I'm a friend, but then I'm sitting here thinking, wow, we live in a society 
where we unfriend people. Absolutely. We don't like what they do. We don't like what they say. We don't like what their their political beliefs are, their religious beliefs, you know, all of these things. And so I'm just going to unfriend you because I don't want to hear what you have to say. But, you know, I kind of disagree about the whole friendship and the, you know, if you're the type of person that sticks with somebody forever. But in society, I think that you can't really undo your blood relatives. You know, your mother is always going to be your mother, you know, no matter what. Your dad is always going to be your dad's sibling, same thing, you know. And so, you know, even if you do, you know, go your separate ways as friends, friends, you know, I mean, we have friends probably that we don't even remember their names or, or you know, through our lifetime, but however, we always remember who our brothers and sisters and our mother and father is. That doesn't go away. And that's a good point. I, I, I see what you're saying. Those things don't, don't break. But I think it, you know, what do you say to the verse that says, you know, mother will turn against son, brother will turn against sister. I mean, sure. when those things happen. In your beliefs. But I don't think that that changes that there's still your mother or your father or your brother or your sister. True. True. You know, it doesn't change that. It does say that, yes, we are going to go our separate ways, but it doesn't change, hey, you're still, you know, you're still my relative. You're still my family. Right. That's good. I like you know. that. That's true. Well, you have been listening to us kind of uh, try to figure out what forgiveness really is. It's been a bit of a, a journey today. We're not done. We will continue to try and talk about forgiveness there is uh, so many things to talk about when you start to look at relationships and trying to keep relationships and trying to understand what God wants in relationship. So I think it's important to just keep talking. So we want to keep talking. So you will probably hear another podcast down the road about forgiveness, and we will probably go down a different road. But we appreciate you listening in. You have been listening to Healing Hidden Wounds podcast on forgiveness, and we have appreciated you being here. Looking forward to sitting down again and maybe bringing up another topic. God bless you.